Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the USC Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? I'm Nara Wang, and joining me is a man who played on two national title teams at USC and for 13 years in the NFL, my co-host, Frosty Rucker. Frosty, we're going to get into how the coronavirus has turned the sports world upside down in this show. I know you've been doing some traveling recently. What has that experience been like for you? Well, for the most part, the airports are pretty clear. The way I looked at it was, if everyone's hiding out, shouldn't be anyone with the virus traveling, right? You would hope not. But that's part of the issue, that people who have the virus and don't know it may be traveling. And so that's what's maybe leading to some of the spread of this disease across the world. But we will dive more into that. If you enjoy listening to our football podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network, please subscribe and rate us. You can find us wherever you find your favorite podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. The website is Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media at Believe Podcasts. For me, I'm on Twitter. Find and follow me at Nara Wang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Frosty, again, let everyone know where they can catch up with you on social media. Per usual, you can find me at The Organic Frost, and that's on all your social networks. That's Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, all my social networks. The Believe in USC football podcast is brought to you in part by BetOnline.ag. There may be no March Madness, and major U.S. sports leagues have suspended play, but there's still plenty you can wager on, including mixed martial arts, American Idol, politics, the spelling bee, and Nathan's hot dog eating contest. BetOnline.ag also has an online casino with poker and blackjack. They're still fun to be had, so go to betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right, for our listeners, 50% off with your promo code MYPOD100. BetOnline, the fun never ends. Since we recorded our last show on Wednesday, March 11th, The COVID-19 coronavirus has infected the sports world to an unprecedented level, resulting in the shutdown of basically every major sport in America. The NCAA canceled every winter and spring sports championship, resulting in no March Madness and the men's basketball tournament not being played for the first time since it began in 1939. Conferences have stopped all competitions until further notice in most cases. It's been a crazy domino effect since Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz tested positive for the coronavirus on the very night we last recorded our podcast. Frosty, what was your first reaction to the postponement of USC spring football and the cancellation of so many other sporting events? Well, to talk about USC football, you know, I was in disbelief. It just comes at a time where every rep is so valuable for our team. We had different coaches. We got a different defensive scheme. And again, those reps that these guys were going to get all spring leading into fall were going to be so pivotal for our, our season. And now we have to take a step back, but everyone else has to take a step back also. So 
There's some of it that it's even, but at the same time, I think we're still a little bit behind just off those reps, those much needed reps. And this whole glue of the team coming together is just, it makes it tough. Yeah, especially with all these schools going through this. I mean, USC is basically doing all of its classes online. So it's really affected not just the athletes, but all students in terms of what's going on on campuses across the country. And you know it's serious when the SEC is telling everyone that you can't have spring football, you can't have the spring game. Our first opponent of the season, Alabama, has to cancel its spring game. I mean, you know it's serious when the SEC football teams are getting involved in this cancellation stuff. And for a lot of our fans out there, if we're looking for a miracle, this may be it. (laughs) You know, just to have a, a somewhat even playing field when it comes to those reps for the spring ball. And like you said earlier, March Madness is canceled. And that's the first time ever. And when it first came out, the NCAA, remember we talked about this last show, the NCAA was going to try to have this tournament without the fans. We brought it up that the NCAA, obviously, we all think it's all about money and the fact that they were going to try to do that. And now it's such a frowned upon thing that they retracted from that like everyone else, which is great. This epidemic is just crippling the sports world. And it sucks that people can't watch sports every night, but they get to pay attention to our podcast now. So yeah, I'm here for those ratings. (laughs) More people listening to the Believe in USC football podcast because you are right. There are basically no sports to be had on American television. There's still going to be some UFC, apparently. Dana White is continuing on with that. I don't know how smart that is, considering what everyone else is doing. But right now, there's basically some professional leagues in other parts of the world that are continuing. But All major sports in America are virtually shut down for at least a couple of weeks, a month, maybe more. And so I thought it would be good to get a perspective from a medical professional. So joining us now on the USC Football Podcast to shed more light on the coronavirus itself and its effect on the sports landscape is Dr. Seamus Carr, Associate Chief in the Division of Thoracic Surgery, Director of Robotic Surgery, and Assistant Professor at the University of Maryland School of Medicine. Dr. Carr is also a former USC water polo player and someone I met on the very day I moved into my dorm as a freshman at USC way back in 1994 because his brother Liam was my roommate. Seamus was instrumental in helping to indoctrinate me in the ways of being a Trojan, and it's a pleasure to have him on the show with us now. First of all, how are your wife, Elizabeth, and your kids doing, Seamus? Well, that's great. Well, thank you for the introductions and a big fight on to both you and Frosty, and thanks for having me. So we're hunkering down here in Baltimore. My kids' spring break started today, and on Thursday night, so two nights ago, we canceled all of our plans for spring break, so that way we wouldn't have to be traveling and potentially exposing ourselves or others to this pandemic. Hey, Doc, Frosty here. Fight on. Fight on, Frosty. Are your kids really upset that they don't get spring break? Do they understand? Yeah, they're not too upset about spring break, but they are gutted, actually, because all sports for them have been canceled. Their entire spring seasons, my daughter plays lacrosse for her school and for her club team, and their seasons have been completely canceled. My son plays club-level lacrosse. He's a fifth grader, and everything's been canceled. Their schools, all sports are canceled in the state of Maryland. So the fact that they don't have school, they're happy about, you know, but they're completely gutted about their sports. 
Yeah, I can only imagine it's affecting all levels. And now, Dr. Carr, as a medical professional, I know you're not an infectious diseases expert, but tell us a little bit more about the COVID-19 coronavirus. Like, How serious is this pandemic? What is it about this coronavirus that is making it so infectious that we have to take all of these precautions? Yeah, that's a great question. First, this coronavirus, COVID-19, it's in the same family of the viruses that gave us SARS a number of years ago. That also was a coronavirus. This is a legitimate pandemic. This will affect everybody in the world. I don't mean that everybody's going to get it, but everybody will eventually know somebody who had it. And the thing that's making this virus particularly challenging is that a lot of people are walking around the what we call the incubation period. That's the time from when you're infected and you're actually contagious before you start showing symptoms is about four days. So you're walking around feeling fine. Maybe you, have, you cough or whatever, but it, you're not feeling fevered or anything like that. And every time you cough or sneeze, you can shoot the respiratory droplets up to six feet from you. And then those droplets fall out of the air and they land on flat surfaces. And then what we've found is that this virus is actually able to stay alive on flat surfaces for up to 72 hours. So somebody coughs yesterday, they forgot to wipe something down, the table down, and then you sit down at a table the next night and you can pick up the virus. We're also worried about you know high traffic areas, door handles and things like that. So this is going to be legitimate. And I think that we're a little late to the game, actually, on trying to get containment here in the U.S. Now, what can people do to try and keep this from spreading even further? Like you said, it's out there, it's going to spread, but we hear a lot about this flattening the curve. What can people do to help mitigate the severity of this coronavirus pandemic? Number one, first and foremost, wash your hands. And you really have to, I mean, it's amazing. You know, my kids are a little bit older now, but teaching kids to wash their hands, it's like one drop of water and half a piece of soap and they're out the door again. You really need to make sure you wash your hands for at least 20 seconds and you get under the nail beds and you get between the nails. As a surgeon, I mean, we're kind of trained to scrub our hands a little bit overly aggressively but it's to decontaminate your hands. And this is a time when everybody would do a good job to pretend they were on uh, you know, a surgeon on Grey's Anatomy or whatever medical drama TV shows out there right now. And that's how you need to be really scrubbing your hands. The other thing is there's this concept now of social distance, which is very new. I mean, it's this keep six feet away from people and that allows to decrease the likelihood that you'll pick up a virus from kind of airborne particles. I was joking with my wife earlier. I said, I think actually all of our kids in the middle school and high school are going to be just fine because all they do is FaceTime with their friends anyway. It's not like they actually hang out or see them. <laughs> They're all, it's all online and that way. So they're still seeing their friends all the time, but it's all just like they did before, just on FaceTime and house party and TikTok and every other type of app that's out there. So I would think that you would agree then that the NCAA and all these other sports leagues are making the right call to postpone or cancel events. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think you can imagine we've all been to games and stuff. You're sitting at the Staples Center watching the Lakers play and somebody two rows behind you coughs. They're going to potentially going to hit 20 people who are all within six feet of that person when everybody's sitting down in their seats. You know, a couple of those people get infected, and then they cough, and then they cough, and you can see how this kind of a, a pandemic can quickly spread. 
Doc Frosty here. Thank you again for shedding all this light to us and our listeners because, you know, the things we don't know are the things we need to know, right? What do you tell these people when they want to go to the grocery store and they see every aisle has been survival of the fittest out there? What do you tell these people? Do you tell them to leave some food there for the people that need it and don't go hog crazy and hoard everything or get as much as you can because you don't know when's the next time you can be out and about? Yeah, another good point. I think that starts to become a little bit individualized. There are definitely people out there who are the, you know, uber prepared. They pack two days before they leave on a trip. And then you've got the other people who are packing their bags three hours before their flight. So I think the right thing to do is we all need to realize we're in this together. I mean, again, this is a pandemic. This is going to affect everybody in the US in some way, shape, or form. It's going to affect everybody in the world. And I think we need to realize as we are in this together, we need to be a little bit more maybe community-minded. So you don't need to buy 25 pounds of steak or, you know, I I was joking the other day. I mean, how many rolls of toilet paper does one person actually need for a month? You know, right? you don't need to go to Costco and get 30 rolls. But I think we need to be a little bit more community-minded. And I think your point's great, Frosty, that we need to say, listen, you're going to be able to get out there. And sure, when you go, make sure you wash your hands before you go. And then you use an alcohol-based hand sanitizer like Purell. And when you put that on, you need to not air dry your hands. You need to rub your hands until the Purell dries completely. Then you know you're good. Then you go in, you shop, you put your stuff in, you leave, you don't touch your face. You get home, you immediately wash your hands again, you Purell your hands again, and you go about your business. I think those kind of little things are going to be what gets us through this. But I think we need to be a little bit more community-minded and not empty the shelves like the zombie apocalypse is coming. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's been scary out there. You know, all I've been doing is following people on social media and all you can see is shelves and shelves of things gone. Like you said, from the produce and everything, they're just like taking everything. And it's like, you got to remember the people that are affected the most here are the elderly, right? The people that are more sustained to contract this virus are the elderly people that can get affected quicker because their immune systems are a little bit lower than, you know. Than the rest of the population. Absolutely, Frosty. Yeah. It's more than just, you know, immune system. It's a combination of that and what we in medicine call comorbid conditions. So it's all the other medical problems, you know. A lot of people get older, they're overweight, and there's the type 2 diabetes, and there's high blood pressure and high cholesterol. And people who are in their 70s and 80s were in a generation when, you know, 30, 40% of men used to smoke. So there's a little bit of lung damage, right? And so they've got a lot of stuff kind of stacked up against them. And you're right, it's a little harder for them to get out, and they might be on a fixed income. So I think you're right. I think if you do have neighbors who are older, you know, recommend that they stay in you're younger, you know, and you got a next door neighbor who's a little bit older, it doesn't hurt to go and give them a hand and bring them some of the groceries and staples here and there, just so that way they kind of protect themselves. That's leadership right there. You heard it here, folks. We got a good doctor here explaining what to do and what not to do. Do what's right. Be a great community leader. Help give a hand, put some groceries on the doorsteps, pass around some extra Perel. If you have an extra roll of TP, slide some under the garage. Just be a great community person. Again, here on the Believe in USC Football Podcast, I'm Nara Wang with co-host Frosty Rucker, joined today by special guest Dr. Seamus Carr, surgeon with the University of Maryland School of Medicine and a former USC water polo player. So you've got the sports background as well. And how long do you think it's going to take before 
things are considered safe enough for sporting events to actually resume? Gosh, you know, Nara, that's a great question. Also, the issue is you talked earlier about flattening the curve. And the idea, for those who may not know the term, although it's so prevalent right now in the news, but the idea is to decrease the rate of new cases to kind of spread things out a little bit. And the problem is, I don't think we know how that curve is shaping up. Looking at China and what we know from China, and one of the issues we do have in China is that there may be some issues with total transparency in exactly kind of what was going on, but we are getting much better transparency out of places like Italy. But COVID-19, it picked up the name because it was actually the first cases were in November, December of 2019. That's why it's number 19. And so what happens is we're just starting them to see a flattening of their curve in China now in March. So it's been three months before their curve flattened. Now, you know, maybe more aggressive testing, which again, we're not doing in the United States. I mean, I think if we were testing like they did in South Korea, where within a week or so, they tested over 100,000 people, I think we'd find our numbers much higher in the United States. I'm actually shocked that only, I think, was it only two guys on the Utah Jazz tested positive? Yeah, out of the whole team and the staff that was with them, 58 people, there was only the two positive tests. Yeah, so, but I mean, we need to be doing that kind of testing a little bit more globally and being a little bit more aggressive with testing. I hope it's not as long as I suspect, but I think we need to all be prepared that this is going to go on for a lot longer than the two or three weeks that everybody's thinking. Doc, do you think more people have it than they know and they just haven't been tested at all? Yeah. The numbers from some of the public health people at the CDC are actually speculating that it's somewhere between, for every one positive test that we have, we actually have 25 to 50 people who actually have the virus that are not yet tested positive. That is an alarming number. Yeah, it is. And also, the other thing to think about is that we've been reading and hearing about the fact that we just don't have enough tests. Like in that Utah Jazz situation, they were in Oklahoma City to play the Thunder, and apparently the allotment of tests that were needed to test the whole Jazz group was about half of the daily allotment for the state of Oklahoma. I mean, that's part of what you're talking about, right? Absolutely. I mean, we just weren't prepared for this. So unfortunate, man. Things like this happen. And like you said earlier, as a community, we just got to stick together and do what's right and be smart. And again, thank you for, you know, shedding this light for us because there's just the things that we just don't know going forward. You know, everyone, like you said about the Perel, I could stand here and tell you right now, I squirted on my hands and thought it was just supposed to air dry. I didn't know I needed to rub it around and do that. I had no idea, but thank you for those nuggets as I like to call them. Yeah, absolutely. It's little things too. You know, it's the little details that actually have the biggest impact. All right. So if you enjoy listening to the Believe in USC football podcast, please subscribe and rate us on all of your podcast directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. The website to find us is Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, and on social media at Believe Podcasts. Find and follow me on Twitter at Nara Wang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Frosty, where do they catch up with you? Per usual, you can find me at The Organic Frost. And now I want to get both of your guys' opinions on this possibility because we've seen that the entire spring sports season in the NCAA has been wiped out, and obviously the winter sports 
athletes don't get to play for championships, but there's been kind of a groundswell of opinion that says, hey, we should give these athletes who lost their seasons, especially seniors, another year of eligibility. Now, obviously, how do you work that in with the scholarship limits and how much that's going to cost? And it seems like that's the right thing to do. But as we know, the right thing to do and the NCAA hardly ever go hand in hand. So <laughs> good point. I want to get both of your opinions as two former college athletes. How do you guys feel about these players who are losing their seasons and should they get an extra year of eligibility? Doc, you first. Okay. Well, I think it's an interesting point. And my way I look at it, and I kind of thought back to what if I had been a senior at USC, admittedly, you know, water polo is a fall sport, so it wouldn't have affected me. But I look at these kids who are playing lacrosse, and I think they need to individualize it. I think they need to see, you know, what are they doing? Where are they going next? They're springboarding to something else, right? Potentially, very few people are fortunate like Frosty to be able to play the sport in college and then to have an incredibly successful professional career and get paid to be an athlete. So I think we probably just need to individualize it. I think offering that is a good idea. Obviously, there's a lot that needs to be worked out. But I think about the trickle down even further, since I've got teenagers, people who are juniors, you know, especially I'm, you know, here in Baltimore, so it's all lacrosse all the time. But especially in the spring, these junior male and female athletes, they have no games to play. They have nobody to come scout them. I mean, what's going to happen here? I, I recognize they're all in the same boat, but I think there's going to be kind of an odd blip. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that, Frosty? That's a good one, just to hear your perspective on that. I personally would be really upset being a senior, and I'd like to say treat the rules of this like transfer rules in a sort. Give people the option, and sometimes rules need to be changed, especially around something like this. If any sport in that matter, if say March Madness, these guys getting drafted, it's such a big deal that they play in this tournament, you know, because that can make or break their draft chances and opportunities and even free agent opportunities. Any opportunity that these athletes have to go to the next level, if you're NCAA, you need to step in and do something that you've probably never done before, and that is right the wrongs. I feel like there's been too many times in the past where the NCAA has had chances to make things right and they do it wrong. And it's about time they bring some other thought processes in to get this done the right way. Because leaving these kids that may be seniors or juniors or whatnot out in the cold like that, obviously it wasn't anyone's fault, just so to say. But again, something needs to be done, right? Somehow they get that one more game. You know, I, I haven't looked on TV and seen Vince Carter. If that was Vince Carter's last game and he had no idea, you know, he couldn't prepare for that last one. We all knew it was his last season, but the last game ever, that's a tough one. It wasn't injury or anything like that. It's just a tough one to swallow. And then you talk about these incoming freshmen. How does this affect them? The NCAA is always at the forefront of making hard decisions. And this time, I feel like if they got the right people around them to make it right, they need to do it. There's consultants, there's people that have been in sports, coaches and whatnot. It's time they bring them all in and come up with a distinct plan or have a plan of attack for this. You can't wing this one. You can't screw it up because some people are really going to be upset that they don't get that one more game, that one more opportunity. And for some athletes like myself, what if that was saving your body from a potential injury? Who knows? You know, just like some athletes of late haven't played in bowl games because, you know, they have a draft status that they don't want to ruin. It's a tough one. NCAA has to get it right, though. And I think what's going to end up happening is that a lot of the spring sports may get a benefit of possibly getting that extra year of eligibility or some relief. 
I think unfortunately for the winter sports like basketball, they've basically played a full season. They're just getting robbed of that postseason. And I think most people who know me, March Madness is my favorite time of year. I love the NCAA tournament and I'm going to miss not having it this year. But to say that we should give those guys another full season when they've basically played a full season, I can understand where the NCAA wouldn't do that. But when the whole spring sports season basically is wiped out, I think they've got to try and find something to do there. Obviously, if it's only for the seniors, that kind of stinks for the juniors and sophomores and freshmen who lost a season. But of course, they theoretically have more games to play in the future. And it is just one of those things where you can't foresee something like this happening, but it is a terrible thing to have to deal with. And again, I hope the NCAA will make the right decisions, but it's hard to put your trust into that organization. So we'll see what happens there. Now, before we let you go, Dr. Seamus Carr, what should people do? Where should they go if they want to learn more about COVID-19 and how to deal with it? Yeah. I think the best places to start are your local and state departments of health. After that, the web pages of your local or the kind of the national name hospitals out there. There's uh, web pages on all of those, including at the University of Maryland, um, the Mayo Clinic, Cleveland Clinic, USC, the Keck School of Medicine, all have very up-to-date information on that. And then lastly, of course, is the CDC going to the CDC's webpage, and that's cdc.gov. And there's a lot of information on COVID-19. I got one more for you. Since we are the Believe in USC football podcast, I can't let you go without getting your thoughts on the USC football program. (laughs) Great question. I'm looking forward to the season in multiple ways. So this turns out to be my 25th reunion year. So I will definitely be out there for homecoming weekend to see all my old friends and people I was with and the guys I played water polo with, of course. And I think that our school, we've been in a little bit of a rut lately, but I think it's coming around. I think we've got a lot of the right people and coaches and I'm excited for the season. I'm excited for where we can go. And I have to agree with Frosty. Uh, Maybe this is the little miracle we need to even the playing field with the SEC and maybe we'll sneak out of uh, Alabama with a win. I love it. All right. Doc, I have a question for you. Hold on. Don't rush him off. This guy wants to talk about <laughs> sports and what he did 25 years ago and go for it. Relive those Al Bundy moments like I do. Go for um, it. Go for it. Let me ask you something, Doc. Have you been around campus the last few years? Have you seen the improvements of the facilities? Yeah. Let me think. The last, it was about three years ago, was my last trip out there maybe four, three, four years ago. And so I've seen the changes of both sides of the campus. The total gentrification of the neighborhoods is just unbelievable. I mean, areas of the campus where when I was there in the 90s, you didn't head that way unless you were walking to the Coliseum. You didn't walk to that part of LA. And now, I mean, there's apartments and there's food. And it's just, I really think that USC's done a tremendous job of really integrating and becoming a big piece of the community. And, you know, it's not USC and then a community. It's, I feel like USC is just integrated into the community and almost like with little tentacles, you know, it kind of reaches out the streets and everything like that. So I'm excited. I mean, we've got a new president. Everything I've seen so far with her transparency, I've been, as an alumni, I've been very excited with everything she seems to be doing. I know the Varsity Blues scandal has kind of hit people, especially my coach, definitely front and foremost. 
but I hope that everybody's learned from it and we pick up and get back on the saddle and do what we do at USC. That's a great perspective. I share the same testimony as you as the school's grown and like you said, the tentacles of just the little pockets of neighborhoods that now the students are, they're living there and they're part of the community. And I do like seeing that. I like seeing how even the buildings on campus are just, you know, everything's shining. And like you said, with our Varsity Blues situation, people make mistakes, they grow, you know, they get punished for one, but it's time to move on. Like you brought up your coach. He was a heck of a coach. You know, he was there for so long with us and they won national championships where I was there too. And I know besides the scandal, so to say, everyone that played under him really enjoyed his leadership and the way he directed that team. I do say for the football program ourselves, that the old Heritage Hall had something about the grit and not the glamour about it that I think propelled my teams to really win some ball games. You know, when I was at SC, we talked about as a team that UCLA had all that fancy stuff. They had the hot tubs, this and that. They had the indoor golf simulators and they were in the area that just had everything. And we were in that basement working out underground, you know. It lifted a lot of weights in the basement of Heritage Hall. I remember those days. You know what I'm saying? You know, all that work that we put underground and yeah. the facilities weren't nice, but I think that gave us that grit that just propelled us to always beat UCLA. I know I never lost to them. I can't speak about what happened when you were there, but I never lost to them. I never lost to Notre Dame. And it was because I felt like we came together because we didn't have any of that stuff. Majority of the guys were five-star recruits. They've seen all the facilities, but they didn't come to SC for that. They came to win. And for me, I think although we had a lot of issues, some of it was because, you know, we had new facilities and these kids were now coming for the, the wrong reasons. But that's just my point of view, right? That's just what I see. Obviously, I love my school. I'm not here to bash them. This is a USC football podcast. And I do want coaches and players to come on here. So I'm not bashing anything. But I just feel like in the past, the attitudes of our teams there propelled off not having all the high-tech stuff. It was just more gritty and just more, you know, we're going to really push this weight in here. You're not going to have fancy tracks and stuff to run on inside. You're going to run around this hoop and run right past the training room to warm up and do all that. It was a lot different. And I think these kids... In the past, maybe got spoiled a little bit, and I think the kids start coming to school for the wrong reasons. But it's a new bright day. Like you said, we have good leadership, a new president, a new AD that I think are righting the wrongs and doing everything right. And we got some good coaches that are going to have some bigger, impactful roles going forward. And I love where we're at as a university. You know, it's not how you start, it's how you finish it. And I think the foundation of what the school has right now is only going to get better. Yeah, I agree. And I, I'm hopeful, too. That's certainly what we hope. And again, I think part of what you're talking about, Frosty and or Dr. Seamus Carr and myself, we're all of an older generation. And sometimes it's easy for us to be like, ah, kids today. But again, it is a different world. Kids have grown up with a lot more technology. They're used to different things. And I think, like you mentioned, some of that grit and grind that the old Heritage Hall weight room and other lacking things in terms of like the big facilities that was something that people bonded over, and now everyone's looking for the big, new, shiny thing. So it's just a difference of generations, and hopefully it's something that you can merge where you get the kids who do want to work and are willing to work in a place where there's still good facilities. It might not be the greatest facilities in the world. They might not have all the things that you want, but it's about a community to bond and grow together. 
So again, I want to thank Dr. Seamus Carr of the University of Maryland School of Medicine for joining us today on the Believe in USC football podcast to talk a little bit about how COVID-19, the coronavirus, has affected the sports world and some of the dangers associated with it. Thank you again, Dr. Carr. Great talking to you. Yeah, thank you very much for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. And good luck with everything and fight on. Yeah, absolutely. Doc, and I might see you down there at that homecoming game when you guys get together. might direct you to a perfect tailgate for you. Sounds good. I'll keep my eye out for you. You're probably easier to spot in a crowd than I am. Yeah, I'm like in 3D, so it's pretty unique. <laughs> the Believe in USC football podcast is brought to you in part by True Classic Tees. Styles change. Formal wear is out and t-shirts are in. True Classic Tees is an LA-based t-shirt company that's on the rise. The t-shirts are soft, hold up in the wash, and incredibly versatile. You'll feel comfortable wearing them around the house, which is where most of us are stuck right now, working out in them, or when things get back to normal, out on the town. And the best part, they're incredibly cheap, only $15. And now, you can get them for even less. Go to trueclassictees.com and use the code BLEAV at checkout for 20% off. That's Believe, B-L-E-A-V, at trueclassictees.com. All right, enjoy talking to my old buddy, Seamus Carr, Dr. Seamus Carr, that is. I'm Nara Wang, back here with Frosty Rucker, and we're going to dive in now to talk more specifically about how this coronavirus outbreak, pandemic, and the shutting down of all things sports in America affects USC football. So there are no practices until further notice. I want to get your perspective as a player. What are players going to do without organized practices? Well, some of the things I'm worried about is how long this effect will happen. If guys have to take online classes and they don't have tutors and whatnot, this can be very, 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 very detrimental to our team. At the same time, it gives these guys a chance to, if they had any bumps or bruises, heal up a little bit, educate themselves, read, time to be with their family. Hopefully these guys stay out of trouble. For one, I don't know if they can go in the weight room and I don't know if they are allowed to be on campus and run on the field or anything. Hopefully wherever they are, wherever they reside, they have a personal coach that can get out there and they got the plays from the install that they're about to practice. Maybe, you know, they get their footwork down and there's a lot of people that could probably take them through workouts. But again, I don't know. I don't know if those people are even engaging like that to be one-on-one with people and working out like that with this virus floating around. So This is a tough one. It's a pivotal time, like I said earlier, for our program. And this could be a miracle when we play versus Alabama because they're dealing with it too. Or this can be detrimental to our team with not having these proper reps. And now we don't even know what these guys, when they're going to come back to school and they're taking online classes. Who knows? But they have tutors and they have this whole system set up on campus. And now there's not that. Who's going to help them? It worries me a little bit, but I'm feeling great about the leadership on our team. And I feel like no one's going to get in trouble. I really hope that these coaches are staying engaged, communicating with these guys and making sure that they're staying focused. And if they can get a workout on their own, they're doing that and they're staying sharp because hopefully this will blow over. And before you know it, we'll be right back in spring ball. But then again, you never know. Yes, you never know. I'm sure they will continue to reevaluate things. It'll be down for, you would think, at least two to three weeks at the least, and then we'll go from there. But assuming that practice is going to start again at some point, is it going to be business as usual when they get back to doing practice? 
Well, yeah, I'm sure these coaches are going to be ready to get after them again. And <laughs> these reps that they're about to get this whole spring are really going to propel our program to where we want to be in our march to get back to on top. So I'm sure they're going to pick up where they left off. The install is going to still go. Hopefully they're doing installs while they're away and people have group chats and they got FaceTimes and they got a lot of stuff in a lot of different unique ways that they should be able to coach these days. And hopefully they're taking advantage of how the tech world is and give us a chance because if they can continue to install plays and somehow get some online homework to come back so they're staying engaged with the plays, that may be a part that we don't even know that exists and they could be steps ahead of us in their thought process of keeping these kids engaged. And now, obviously, the coaches as well, they have no on or off campus recruiting, no recruiting travel until further notice. So what do the coaches do? Hopefully they engage with the guys they got now. The best part about it, it's not just a USC problem this time. It's everyone's affected by it. And although we are a little behind on the recruiting part, I feel like the text messages may pick up. The phone calls may pick up. Like I said, there's technology now. Maybe they can get FaceTimes and conference calls like that. And they just got to stay on it. I don't think it's a time to relax. I just think it's a time to think about a better plan. Yeah, you would think that they're going to reach out to a lot of the recruits through texts, through calls. But again, everything is kind of shut down for now because of this virus. So we shall see if they're even going to be allowed to do any of that kind of stuff. And it's an interesting time that we're living in right now. Everyone is trying to deal with this as best they can. We know that all non-essential athletic staff at USC is going to be working remotely through March 22nd. Then they're going to reevaluate that situation. Again, it's going to be the week of spring break anyway, so a lot of people would be off. They weren't going to have the spring practices on the spring break week. So we're going to see what happens there. But again, like we addressed in our last show, we talked about what we hope to see out of spring practice. Does anything change for you because of this delay? No, I think I still have the same expectations. It's just the valuable reps to come together as one under a new scheme and whatnot. Special teams and defense, we got two different schemes that have to be put in. So the expectations are there, and I'm sure these guys are itching to get back out there in the field, you know, and obviously this little delay is just, as of right now, we can treat it as spring break and hopefully it washes away and we can get right back to it. But again, until then, my expectations are the same. I still want to see a physical up front. I want to see a disciplined team. And maybe these are the lessons that we need to go through. Maybe with not being able to field, can a guy respond to a text, a group text? Can he turn in his homework that the coach gives to him? Maybe it's things like this. It's the little things, you know? And right now, this is just another adverse time that guys just got to get through it. And I want to see these guys come together and just get through it. And when it's time to get back on the field, they're running and now we're not worried about injuries, knock on wood here, but we're not worried about injuries right now either. That can also cloud our season. Again, I'm going to try to stay as positive as possible with this virus that's going around. I still have expectations for this team. I think they're going to regroup and gel. And again, this isn't just a USC problem. It's everyone's issue. That is definitely correct. And like you said, it may be a blessing for the guys who are injured, guys like JT Daniels, who can get some extra time to heal, to recuperate, and maybe even get a chance to participate whenever the practices do resume. So again, it's been a jam-packed Believe in USC football podcast. If you enjoy listening to us, you can find us on all of your Favorite podcast directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can subscribe and rate us wherever you get your favorite podcasts or go to the website, Believe.com. 
B-L-E-A-V.com. Social media is at Believe Podcast. For me, you can catch me on Twitter at Nara Wang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Again, Frosty, where are all the places they catch you on social media? They can catch me at The Organic Frost on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Again, we're open for your questions and comments. Great thing, you can't see my hair. I haven't had a haircut, so can't bag on me about that. This isn't a video podcast. This is audio, so this is great. And make sure you reach out. We always love to hear from you and get your thoughts on USC football. So before we get going, what are your final thoughts for this show, Frosty? Final thoughts of this show, listen to Doc. Make sure you're washing your hands, not touching your face. Make sure you're being courteous and being a community out there. If you can help someone out and bring a roll of tissue, if you have an extra one, drop it on their door. You can almost like ding-dong ditch these days now because no one wants to see you anyway. So just hit the doorbell, take off some canned goods or whatever you can do to spare and be a, a great neighbor. Do it. Stay positive. Stay together. Don't be together, but stay together. And again, just be thoughtful of your neighbor. That is all good info, and it was great to have special guest Dr. Seamus Carr of the University of Maryland School of Medicine on today. For Dr. Carr and my co-host, Frosty Rucker, I'm Nara Wang. Thanks for joining us for episode 26 of the USC Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Stay safe, keep yourself away from the virus, and as always, fight on. Not this is a great question. <laughs> Seriously, like, what do they do? Hold on, all right, let me go back. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.